In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's always a sign of life when the great and good friend of ours, Jim Wexel, checks in to the locker room. Of course, we welcome him, Steel, City's inside, is Steel City Insider and the author of Palomalu, the definitive book of hair. <laughs> Wex, how you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. How you feeling, man? You know what? We're a little bit rough, but we're 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 kicking it. We're doing good. We're doing fine. Hey, you so. know, uh, you know, I asked uh, Dan Moore a few weeks ago. Dan Moore, the rookie left tackle. I said, mm-hmm. Dan, were you thrown into the fire? Is that a good metaphor to explain what happened to you this year? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was thrown into the fire. <laughs> I, I don't know what being thrown into the fire is, except I thought of Max. Now, it's his rookie year in the media, and he's thrown into the fire last weekend. How did you do, Max? I didn't get to hear it. Uh, well, I mean, I mean you, you see, once again, you will learn this, Jim, about me. I never lack confidence. So when you ask me how I would, how I did, I, I'm going to say absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I like would I back kicked, that. But, yeah, but I mean, but, you know, and I think that, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I, the good thing is I did it in, co- I've done it on college level, and I still do it at the college level. So it wasn't as foreign to me. And just like Dan Moore, right, he did it in college, and he was a starting left tackle for a very good Texas A&M team with Kellen Mond at the helm. And, I, you know, I watched Dan, so I had no doubt that he would would make the transition. Um, But, you know, just like anything else, right, there's ups and there's downs. Like, you haven't developed a baseline yet. So it's going to look good one week. Your feet are going to look amazing. You're going to look like MC Hammer doing, doing the typewriter with some, uh, with, with, with some Zumba pants on. And then other times you're going to have two <laughs> left feet out there. So, you know, it, it's kind of par for the course uh, with it. And, and, you know, I had my moments in the booth, you know, where, where I, where I kind of stepped on Bill one time or one time Bill was expecting me to talk and I didn't. And I, I was dr- I was drinking my, my diet Pepsi, uh, so you know there we there, there's there's this little little gaffes, but for the most part you grade out pretty solid. At, at the end of the day, you know he graded I out great, didn't mess buddy. up a name. Did a did a great <laughs> job, absolutely. So, but no, I, I, I was a little worried about his footwork, and as as he said, he <laughs> stepped on some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Dan size nineteen is going to happen every once in a while. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Moore was just as confident as you, Max. I, I looked you up, Max, to see how many games when you were thrown into the fire. You played ten games as a rookie, but you didn't start. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And the first one was that New England. Uh, it was a New England game when they were on that twenty-two game win streak when they came to Heinz Field, and yeah. and Marvell comes out and it's against Richard C. Warren, Willie McGinnis, and Marvell's like. All right, you're in, young buck. I was like, I'm, I'm, what? First of all, Marvell, you spoke to me. Uh, and then second, what, what do you what do you mean I'm in? You know who's out there, right? Okay. All right. So, will you finally will you finally admit that you were thrown into the fire at least once in your life? That had to be. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was thrown into the fire, and it was one of those. It was unexpected, but I was like, okay, listen, we ju- you just got to strap it on a little bit tighter. Uh, when you're in there and make, make sure you got you double pan it up, so to speak. 
because uh, you didn't want anybody see it, seeing anything come down the leg if, if it was going to happen. <laughs> well, the thing is, you guys won that game, so you must have played great. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I felt like by I his own awesome. admission, he played great. Yeah, yeah, by my own admission. <laughs> listen, li- listen, a- a- as as you very well know, Wex, when, when you write the book, you control the narrative. Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That is terrific. All right. Now, here's the thing. All right. I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> I don't. That was just outstanding, Max. That was really when you write the book, you control the narrative, and you're talking to the man who controlled the narrative of the Palomalo yeah. book. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's just I, I love the, the the segue and how it all works together. All right. So what's the what's the, the the deal then for Zach Banner being able to come back? Does he get thrown into the fire, or is he infused? I love the word because you know Mike Tomlin doesn't throw words around carelessly. You know, I mean, you know, he takes words and a word like infused kind of intrigued me. Did you take anything from that, Jim Wexel? No, I I missed the transcript this morning, so I didn't get to write my usual uh, parsing of the Tomlin. Um, But my feeling from what I did read or hear when I heard the press conference is that he's not going to use Zach this week unless he's needed, unless there's an injury. I think he's going to go into the bye with this same line that's been making progress for two weeks. Well, what's interesting to me is the fact that he's got one week to make a decision on Zach. You know, well, before... I think he's going to activate him. I think he's going yeah, to activate exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. But well, I, I, I was gonna, wondering. I don't think he's going to put him in the lineup. Would you? I can understand. No, I wouldn't put him in the lineup. I would infuse him if I was actually going to uh, activate him. Um, you know, I would want to see I, – I want to give him some time to, you know, build up reps and then see where he compares with the guys as they're playing now. You've got Chooks. You've got Dan Moore. Uh, Joe Haig put in a nice, you know, representable 30-some snaps when he was called upon to do the job. Uh, with Zach, it, it may be such that you, you don't even, you know, activate him until a week from today and then let him go through the, the bye week and strengthen it even more so. But, uh, you know, the situation as it is, uh, I, I think when he comes back, it's going to be more about kind of um, finding out where he is and what he's doing. And infusing means to me the big tight end role, kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. redressing that role. That's what I well, would think. I I would, that's what I would do. If I was the line coach, Wax, uh, Wax I would sit there and, and, and I would say, I want to bring this kid along and, and have him reprise that role, you know, coming in playing tight end, coming off the ball, blowing up that side of the line and creating that leverage and aid our running attack, and we'll insert him as we go along if we see that he's doing all the things he's capable of doing. What's so strange about this entire thing is the mythology of Zach Banner, who has started (laughs) Yes. I I mean, you know, we love the potential. And we love his gregariousness. Right. I mean, he has been compared in the locker room in that regard to Max Starks. You know, I, I had an interview <laughs> with young Zach, I, and, and he, I said, you know, you're so much like Max Starks. And he goes, you know, I'm getting a little tired of hearing that. I don't know this Max Starks, <laughs> but everybody <laughs> says that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. he, is, uh, he has become attached to the fans before he's – deserved it is that is that proper because i don't know that he's really done anything it's one and a half games uh, 
I don't know that we've seen much. And, and you know, I don't want to move the left tackle. I don't want to move Dan Moore anywhere. So, uh, it, you know, Chucks might be playing for his uh, job this week. And that's always good motivation. It, it, it's always great motivation, Wex. And, and like you said, you know, a lot of people have compared him, you know, like you said, to me and made the correlation between the two of us. But, you know, I think once again, you know, you still have to make sure that you that you go and become your yourself, right? It's one thing to have potential. It's another thing to actually see it to fruition. And I think that's where the frustration is with Zach, right? Is And I'm sure for him, you know, in, in the conversations we had, you know, because you, you want to go out there. You want to be a part of the team. You want to put your hand in the power. And, you know, he, 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 he kind of embraced the role of the power tight end a couple years ago. And, you know, kind of made his niche. And I think that's where kind of he got endeared by the fans was because he's coming in and he's delivering these crushing blows in short yardage. But once again, you got the shot to be the guy. And now you want to see, hey, can, can I do it? And then you, you take an ACL injury. And now, you know, you're waiting for, hey, this line's starting to come together. And I'm not a part of that. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, there's a frustration in there. But I think the biggest thing is for Zach is that confidence because, as a guy who came off an ACL, I know about the lack of confidence. And, and Wex, you want to talk about another time getting thrown into the fire? I come off my ACL yeah. injury. I get signed. Actually, after the Batman premiere, because I because uh, I because I was released, <laughs> I got signed after the Batman premiere. Um, and I go in, I sign. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna IR you," because it was myself, Casey Hampton, Rashard Mendenhall. All of us got injured. Um, at the end of that year, um, you know, around the same time, we, all three of us had ACLs. Talk about a growing epidemic. We had an ACL epidemic at the end of that season right. in 11. And, you know, I remember coming back and, you know, I'm at training camp. I'm in Latrobe. You know, we're, we're, we're running on, on, on the closest field, um, you know, before practice, before the fans get there, doing our little workout. And then, and then we come back in. And I remember after the Philly game, Mike Adams struggled, had a, had, a, had a rough game, gave up a bunch of sacks in the preseason game. And they come back, and I, I, go, I go to meetings that morning, and they're like, all right, Starksy, you're activated. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean activated? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're off the IR. You're going to start practicing today. Huh? Okay. Uh, let's talk about this. Okay. No, no, doctor cleared you. Doctor cleared you already. You, you're, you're good to go, and you're, st- you're starting in Buffalo. I was like, what? You, you, game three, that, that's the one where everybody plays, right? A half. You don't give me one where it's like a series or two at the start. No, no, no. You're going for a full half. You're going against Kyle Williams and, Mar- and, and Mario Williams. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're good. You're good. <laughs> that was – that was now that was about – I was like, what, huh? Like, I went from jogging, you know, on the, on the side field, pushing the little workman Toro, right, you know, as like, our, it's like a little sled push to test it. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're gonna go against James Harrison. Uh, you know, uh, Aaron Smith. Uh, yeah, we got some guys out there you can really push against. That Toro doesn't provide resistance. And then we're gonna throw you in the fire on turf. <laughs> That's tremendous. I, 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 bet, yeah. I bet you that Toro was no match for Harrison. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, no, no. De- definitely not. Definitely has a has a had had a wider base, but definitely those wheels rolled. James did not roll. Uh, <laughs> no doubt well, Max, about it. Uh, how, how did you do? And uh, I hope none of us ripped you. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure I got ripped, but I, 
I, from that point forward, I took every starting rep that year. <laughs> so there you go. Was that it worked? Was that around the it time? It all worked. Ben, was that around the time Ben was wearing your jersey number to practice? No, no, no. Ben was, wore it when was I was not there you? on the team. Yeah, that was to re-sign okay. me. And then, of course, I got okay. my jersey back because I had to wear it um, in practice. So. <laughs> Single digits don't look good on this frame. It has to be double digits. So I would love to have done a jersey swap with him. But, uh, you know, when we did the offense-defensive swaps on, on, uh, on, on um, Saturday mornings, you know, it would always be like, hey, Max, you want, you want this DB number? No, 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 no. I need, I need a yeah. defensive lineman. Okay, Hamp, switch with me. We can switch jerseys. Our jerseys fit about the same. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I got to ask you guys. I want to throw this out here, too, because one of the big discussions, I want to get Wex's point of view on this because a lot of the fan base, Wex, you're in touch with. But you hear about a James Pierre, you see this young man, and, you know, you talk about the, as Mike Tomlin called it, the education of of an NFL cornerback. You think about it. This guy runs down Javante Williams from behind. Great effort. Uh, This guy uh, is out there, gets beat by Cortland Sutton Sutton on TD pass. You know, you can see the disappointment in his body language. This guy comes up short on an interception when it could have ended a drive there. And, you know, that's got to be in his mind. And yet, in the penultimate play, the biggest part of the game, everything, it's all coming down to this. You know, let's say say he knows that they're coming after him. They are going to go after him. Teddy Bridgewater and and the Denver offensive coordinators, Vic Fangio, they're going to come after uh, him. You know, they know it. And he makes the biggest play in the biggest moment. I, I just think, man, what a from rags to riches back to rags to riches type of thing it was for James Pierre. It's kind of like the identifying feature of that position, the resiliency that you must have that he clearly has. He does not let that stuff fester in his mind. You know, I I was trying to make this point. He he reminds me of Ike Taylor in that regard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just uh, is is unflappable. Uh, Just forget that stuff. And, you know, I, I was thinking about Joe Hayden. Now, Joe probably has the professional composure to forget as well. It, it forget that easily. But, you know, Joe was a quarterback in high school, all-state, state champion in Maryland. Oh, really? A real, a real thinker, that one. And I don't know that that's real good at that position. I, I, I like <laughs> Pierre's mindset. You know, I don't know if Hayden can forget so easily. You know, that's, that's a horrible thing to – you know, the last thing you can do, and I don't know why Minka wasn't over the top of this, but the last thing you can do at that point in the game, you're up, what, what I forget what they were up, 15 or, or I, I forget, 17, 18? Yeah, I don't and remember. And you're in the fourth quarter, and you want to grind the clock, right? You cannot give up the big play. Why are you in man coverage to begin with? Uh, was it a bust by the safety? Um, but that was like the worst thing that could have happened to that team and he probably felt responsible does joe hayden shake that off as as well as young pierre because uh, i i just i'm just trying to stress how much i like pierre's mindset mm-hmm. well well and and I, and I think the biggest thing is you know it it, it it's a double-edged sword right jim it it, it can cut you yeah. both ways <laughs> sometimes it's good to have that memory because you log it in the banks <laughs> and then when you see it again you're able to jump it right from a knowledge standpoint, but then 
the problem is when you overthink it and you get jumped <laughs> in, in those situations <laughs> like you did in, those, in that. But, you know, you do have to have, you know, I always talk about this in, in a good way. You know, any position on the field, you have to have short-term memory loss because you can't because you can't dwell either on the positive too long and you can't dwell on the negative too long because it bleeds into the next play, good, bad, or indifferent, if you dwell on it. So you got to kind of forget it and treat every play in a silo uh, because that that's just how it is. And, you know, especially for offensive linemen, you know, you jump off sides. You can't let that bleed into the next play. We saw that in the game, right, Garrett Bowles. It was in his head because he had three straight penalties that, that occurred on his side uh, right. you know, in, in, the, in, in one span because he was thinking about it. And I think that's kind of where you are with any position on the field. You say, hey, listen, you got to forget that. You got to forget that play and move on to the next play, on to the next one, so to speak. You can't dwell on it. And, and it can be a good and a bad thing. Um, it, it's good when you recognize something and you're able to head it off at the pass, but it's always negative when you don't. So you got to have a little bit of, of both of those things. Men, we're going to well, have to leave I, it I, here, though. Okay. Lex, I'm sorry, buddy. We got to go to break, my friend. But you know what? You guys are exactly right. The James Pierre, you know, the best part about, let me put it this way. The best part about playing offensive line is that you get ramnesia, you know? <laughs> you, you forget <laughs> because you're ramming your head. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but your mistakes are only five yards and ten yards. Pierre's are six. That's true. Oh, that's true. That's true, bud. All right. Thank you, Jim Wexel. We appreciate you so much. Take care, fellas. All right, my friend. Take care now. All right. We'll be back after this more in the locker room. ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. appreciative of him, uh, the spirit that he brings, the, the effort that he brings, the quality of his play. Um, but that's what makes football the ultimate team game. We'll be calling on a number of people um, to, to bridge the gap in the short and the long term in terms of bringing what he provides. We- this is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. I, you know, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. You know my brother, Max. 
and uh, you know, oh, yeah. up there they got the anchor bar. All right, it's the birthplace of chicken wings. Everybody knows that. And if you're going to have chicken wings, sauce is everything. Okay, whether you have Frank's hot sauce. I mean, if you're going to have authentic buffalo chicken wings, you got to have Frank's hot sauce. That's the only one that works. Okay, so that's what makes it authentic. But there's different sauces too, like you know, different types of uh, wings, like the honey garlic, the barbecue. But it's not true, true buffalo, buffalo uh, style chicken wings, I should say. But you know, one of the things I, I loved when I was growing up, obviously, is the spicy foods. When I went to Syracuse University, I had my first physical. The doctor said my blood was like 50% chicken fat, you know, just from eating all the blue cheese and all the chicken, right? So, but, you know, I found this stuff. Do you ever hear of Dragon's Breath chili pepper? I know you like spicy stuff. We were talking at one point. And you have something in your fridge, I think. What was it? Oh, I have scorpion pepper sauce sitting in the fridge. Scorpion. Always ready Are you on the kidding go. me? Yes. Oh, you got to be scorpion. What? Now, it doesn't have really scorpion stuff in it, right? No, there's not real scorpions, but I mean, the bite will make you feel like you got stung by a scorpion in the back of your throat. Um, I got, no I got in kid. Trinidad. So I was in Trinidad. Um, I was there for Carnival. And, you know, I was I was sitting there. I was like, man, I want, you know, I want a good hot sauce here. Right. You know, because I know Caribbeans always have good hot sauce, right. you know. You got Jamaican Hellfire, right? That that's another one okay. that it's clear. Just to let you know how Ooh. hot this is. That that's straight resin off of off of Ooh. the seeds. It is it is one of the hottest things I've ever tried in my life until I tried, of course, the Reaper pepper. But um but I, I now want to try this <laughs> dragon's breath. You know, you got me intrigued. You got me intrigued right now. Well, it's it's interesting. It's dragon's breath chili pepper. And they say it's so hot, so hot, it's downright deadly, they say. So just before you try this, think about this, okay? They say it could send your throat into shock. It could close up because it is that hot. Now, the reason that they, they made it this hot, which I'm, I'm sitting there going, why does anybody make that stuff that hot? I mean, you know, there's, there's a certain point where you say, okay, that's enough. That's enough, okay? Yeah. But it's so hot, you can literally shock your throat into closing up and it could kill you the guy who invented it said they made it first as an anesthetic for the skin well, i don't know it sounds like it could burn your skin off too i'm not so sure i'd want anything to yeah. do with the dragon's breath chili pepper what why would you put something that's meant for external use internal right <laughs> and the fact that there you need to carry yeah. an, an epi pin around just to try it <laughs> To keep yourself from going into anaphylactic shock is pretty uh, is pretty pretty death dealing. But once again, once again, as I'm a heat seeker, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I if I encounter the dragon's breath, I mean, I love dragons. All right, you know, Game of Thrones. You know, hey, I'm I'm all about right. you know Khaleesi, mother of dragons. Uh, you know, I I I have a little bit of adventurous soul when it comes in the eating category. Uh, Still got to try it. Still got to, you know, just a dab, right? Just a dab. Mix it in with something. <laughs> possibly, you know, possibly dab it on my chowder or something, you know, just to get a full little thing or my lentil soup, you know, just put it in there. Let let it let it kind of marinate. But, yeah, no, that, 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 that's what, one. What, for a when century you have to sign or a so? Waiver, yeah, well, you have, to, well, you have to sign a waiver for your life and make sure your life insurance is paid before you try this. That that <laughs> might be, that might still go yeah, a little I, bit I, beyond 
<laughs> I think my wife would be checking that one out real quick, you know. Make sure you sign yeah. all the dot all the I's, cross all the T's, honey, before you try that dragon breath chili pepper, man. You know, exactly. when I was at Syracuse, I used to bounce. Okay, when in the off season you'd bounce, get a few bucks. You know, it wasn't like the Florida Gators where um eh, you know, the alumni might chip in a little bit and help you guys out, I'm sure. You know, we as at Syracuse, we had to you know, you had to go work in the off season have a few bucks to spend, shall we say. And so I would I would have this bet with the chefs. If I could eat the, the wings, he would pay for them. But if I couldn't, then I had to pay for them. And so, you know what? I, I swallowed a lot of nuclear-style uh, chicken wings back in the day. But I, I, I tell you what, man, this dragon's breath. Um, Tunch, Tunch always used to tell me, you know, as we were young bucks playing, he'd go, you know, you're going to regret that someday. And I, I now in my sixties, I can't handle the hot sauce like I used to. Well, I mean, and, and here's the thing: we we, we all learn. Like I, I used, to, I remember in college, I used to go to Clucky Chicken, was a was a was a popular <laughs> college chicken spot, and you know they had all those crazy things, nuclear wings, and you know, and hotter than H wings, and everything else, right? Right. You know, and you're like, nah, it can't be. I'll never forget our, one of one of our uh, one of our place kickers, Matt Petrovich. Love Petro to this day. Uh, he, he still lives in Tampa. Good buddy of mine. I'll never forget. We're there. We're eating wings, right? And you know, we're all crying. It's like who who's the last man standing? We have a last man standing uh, competition. <laughs> yeah. Can't drink anything. Can't you know? Can't lick your fingers. Can't do anything. You got you got to eat the wings and then just let it sit, and then. After a minute, they bring a, a hotter wing, and you keep progressing. Who can go the furthest? Now, I'll never forget, Petro, Petro's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to tap out. Well, he goes to the bathroom. He wiped his hands off. Did not wash No, I water, know what you're saying. And then went to the bathroom. Right. And three seconds later, he was sprinting out of the restaurant <laughs> and w- ran all the way back to his apartment. <laughs> We come in there, and it was it was a scene that I will not describe in the kitchen. That was that was awkward to say the least. Awkward, awkward yes, I can imagine. There was a lot of milk on the floor, and there was a bowl. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Don't scar anybody in our audience. I won't scar anybody. Because listen, listen, I I I took I took you to the cliff, and I showed you the edge. I'm not pushing you over. (laughs) (laughs) You know that's the thing about it. Because I had a similar instance with a friend of mine because we'd gotten together and made a pot of, you know, pasta. And this guy's dad used to grow his own chili peppers. And he cut them up. And he, I guess he must have, like your friend, uh, cut them up and then, you know, went in and used the restroom and then came back. And at some point, uh, a few minutes later, I remember him jumping up like, going, oh, I feel like my pants are on fire. (laughs) And he ran bathroom and it was a similar instance uh you know but anyhow regardless if you're gonna do you know those yeah those those sorts (laughs) of uh chili peppers you better be prepared and make sure that you uh you don't mishandle them shall we say because that can be absolutely destructive to your health that's for sure so now looking at forward here max you know we got seattle coming to town and first my first thoughts are well Russell Wilson can't play. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that when you're looking at it, and you look for momentum, 
not having Russell Wilson over there, obviously with the uh, the finger injury and, and, and surgery and the complications that went on with it, you, you, you feel bad for Russell Wilson. You hope he gets better. But also, you know, when we're talking about game days, like we like we were looking forward to Drew Locke, and then Teddy Bridgewater showed up. There's there's no right. there's, there's no Superman going into the phone booth to change into the outfit type of moment here with uh, with Russell Wilson. Uh, Geno Smith comes in. He's a quarter. He did okay when he came in in, in in that duty, but it's not the same type of lethalness that you had with Russell right. Wilson. The 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 skill level is depreciable. And I think this is an opportunity, especially when you think of already their defensive issues, this is a perfect storm for the Steelers to go on a win streak going into the bye. I don't want to sit here and put the cart before the horse or anything, but there is an opportunity here where we're talking about after six weeks potentially, we are going to be at 500 if everybody does their job and they continue to grow as a team. Not having Russell Wilson there is a big blow to that Seattle team because he is the unequivocal leader of that squad. There's no question about it. And you'd see the sheer athleticism. I was just watching the tape uh, last night, you know, and just watching what his capabilities are, his ability, you know, to predict his movements in the, in the, in the uh, pocket. You can't do it. You know I mean? You can, you can rush this guy all you want and say, all right, rush to the high shoulder, make sure that you stay in uh, you, your integrity of your rush lanes are all solid. No spin moves here. Make sure that you are uh, just getting the mush rush going and push the big boys back in their face of, of Russell Wilson. But that guy is so elusive. His athleticism is such a uh, such a big part of his game. They're going to miss that part of it because you can't you simply can't replicate that. And Geno Smith is no is no Russell Wilson when he comes to it. Geno right. Geno's a decent quarterback. And I mean, there's a reason why they call him a backup and not the starter. Right. It's it, he's he's the he's that emergency lever when there's a fire alarm in case of emergency <laughs> break, the break glass. glass. Yeah, but you also know it's a one shot, right? <laughs> you know, and yeah. to have him in that position, I don't think he's in that position. And I and to come here in prime time Sunday night in Heinz Field, hostile environment, which he has played in before, but he's never been successful. I think that trend continues uh, when he makes that visit all the way from the Pacific Northwest all the way to Western PA. Exactly so. And we will continue after this break. We're going to lock it up here in the locker room. we got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. We'll be back after this. Obviously, they're playing without 
um, Russell Wilson, and, and they probably have a better understanding of the impact of that than I do. But I'll say this, um, you know, Gino is, is, is no pup, man. He's been in this league uh, for an extended period of time now. He's got experience in this system. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the Locker Room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we are winding up today's broadcast here in the last segment, and we're going to get to the phones and as always, the phone number is 412-919-1316. And I do believe that we have CR uh, from Steelers Nation Chicago ready to go. CR, are you there, my friend? Hey, yeah, I heard you yesterday, but but we got uh, we got uh, you got to hear me. But anyway, uh, inside the locker room, Baker's Dirty Dozen Plus with Max Wolf and Ninjas, and uh, on Way and Wednesday. With uh, Steelers Nation Chicago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no Carol- way in Wednesday. We won. We won, CR. No way in Wednesday. <laughs> it's a victory Wednesday. Victory, victory Wednesday, oh, CR. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. No calories on Wednesday. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to let the Carolina Connection talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Absolutely. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. No, you yeah, can't do up, this. Why? There's too many, man. There's so many voices. It's like you're adding to the the the, the chorus in my head. All right. <laughs> hey, too hey, many we voices. We, we got a pass. Yeah, we made that bet on, on um, Thursday, I believe. So no way and Wednesday at the Steelers win. So we got a pass this week. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. All Thank right. You. So Thank what's you. the connection got for today? Uh, okay, I'm gonna start off real quick. Uh, hey, Max, I really appreciate what you said uh, the other day, your analysis on the mindset and physicality on the on for every down on the offensive line players. I have never, Lyman, I had never thought about it from the perspective that you gave, but that was so cool because I hadn't thought about that, that for a certain amount of time, I don't know, one second, two seconds, they got to be perfectly sealed. They can't even sneeze. They can't do anything. So that was pretty good yeah. compared to everybody else on the on, – um, on the team moving around. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I the appreciate thing, it. Yep. Hey, Max, yeah. here's the thing about it. Back in our day, these guys, we, we, we could not move. I mean, you couldn't sit there and point at a guy just because he jumped across the line of scrimmage and ran circles around you only to get back on his side of the line of scrimmage before the ball is snapped and everything would be copacetic. You know I mean? Nowadays, it's crazy where you've got all this action and activity that you can – you know, flinch and point to the other guy and argue about it. To me, that's, I don't know. Uh, back in the day, you had to sit rock solid regardless if you were an offensive lineman. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't take it into um, take it into account. And I'm glad I was able to, you know, share that because I think that perspective is important to understand because, you know, we see the false starts, we see the flinches, oh, what's going on? And you have to realize, no, there, there's no movement. Everybody else can do everything else. There are mm-hmm. 19, uh, you know, there's 17, what, 16 other people. Jeez, my math is off. 16 other people on the field that can move. <laughs> Even the referees can move. But the yep. offensive line, once you're set, that's it. That's it. Don't even think about it. <laughs> hey, uh, Juan, you wanted to talk about something? 
Oh, yeah, with the um, wide receiver group. Hey, hey, I think you guys are reading me and see our notes because yesterday we were talking about Hines, how he changed the game. So I want to put that out there. And uh, with the wide receiver room, um, with James Washington, it's his time. That's all we can see. He wanted, he wanted more time, so here he goes. What you guys got to say? You know, I would agree. James Washington is going to be, I think, uh, a huge part of going forward here without Juju. He represents part of the physicalness and the deep ball threat that Juju also represented too and, and so very well. But again, I go back to the fact that we were talking about earlier in the first hour, I believe it was, Max, we were talking about the, the tight end sets and how the tight end sets can absorb a lot of those snaps that normally would go to the three and four receiver sets. Uh, I think the tight ends can come on and do some yeoman's work here. I mean, some big stuff. And I, I look for them to just keep increasing some of the uh, their, their their snap counts out there. Uh, they've got a lot to add going forward here, just as much as James Washington. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you have to, you have to get creative because I mean, this group we're not going to say maligned, but they have had their injury issues in the season. And when you think about it, we need those playmakers on the field. But at the same time, we don't need to expose as many playmakers at one time on the field in totality if we're going to get this run game going if it if this is a glimpse of where we're projecting right um and when you know that you have the dings and the bruises the Deontay injuries the Chase Claypool injuries James Washington we'll see where he's at and then we lost Juju I mean this group is going to take a lot of contact and that also happens when you when you throw the ball 40 50 times a game but when you (laughs) get into that 25 range you know, and you're running the ball as effectively as we are. If you're getting five yards a clip, and you're running and you're handing the ball off thirty plus times a game, that's when you can help that wide receiving core and also help it with formations to where they don't physically actually have to be out there every single play and running those exactly. routes or digging in the fray. And one of the last things that hold on just a sec. One of the last things about two tight end sets that I love, at least two tight end sets. When you do that, you can play with strength of formation and you can get big splits because you don't have the opportunity for the defense to dictate what they're going to do in the sense that you, because of the fact that you got balanced strength in formations, then you can play with them rather than them playing with you. Yeah, uh, I, I think they ended that because this past weekend, all three of the tight ends caught passes, including uh, Ebron. And talking about Juju, right. um, you know, uh, his, his 21 season, this this season, he only had uh, 15 receptions on 28 targets for 129 yards, which equal 8.6 yards in average. His longest was 24, and he had zero touchdowns as a wide receiver, and he only had one touchdown as a, as a, as a, as a rusher. So um, don't want to take up too much time. Hey, uh, Charleston Connection, what you got? That's all I have for you guys. You guys have a good one. Appreciate the time. You guys take Boy, care, man. Things, okay. In the meantime, in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I can't wait for this to turn into a chorus room. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys, man. See you, man. Right. You take care. See you, but, you know, that's, that's what Steelers – enthusiasm is all about and certainly it is paramount here and you know after a week of of victory like this a victory week it's so necessary to be able to I don't know you know to get the get the juice back you know Max you got to get yourselves 
uh, all like uh, regirded up with enthusiasm and looking forward to this game. And we were talking about the lack of Russell Wilson and what that's going to mean to Seattle. And I, I look at this and I think one of the first things I saw the defense, defense is averaging, giving up 450 yards a game. They're last. I mean, dead last in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, th- this is one where when you talk about seizing on an opportunity, like last week, we had a team coming in. Granted, we, we can we can argue the semantics of, of how good that team was, that uh, Broncos coming in and where that ranking was, but they weren't giving up a 60-yard rusher um, right. to that point. And, you know, Najee went in and doubled up on that. He didn't ask for one scoop of ice cream. He took two. <laughs> Which I always do myself personally. Yeah, yeah, you always. Yeah, yeah. No, let me get the single cone, but just double it up. Just double it up. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Makes me feel better. I don't want the waffle bowl. Um, but I think you know, knowing that you have a team that does not do as well against the rush, now you have to take advantage. You're supposed to do this anyways, and that builds that confidence, especially for this offensive line. If you can go and you and you can start sewing these games together, it's going to make this team that much better and that much more confident. And then you go into the bye with that confidence of back-to-back 100-yard rushing games or back-to-back solid rushing performances. And now when you come out of that bye, you get shot out of a cannon because you got to go straight to Cleveland. So I think right. you can't look past this game in any perspectives and you can't overlook it and think that because their record dictates that they shouldn't be that good and they're missing their guy. They're still paid professionals. There's still the elite 1% of college athletes that made it to the pros and have lasted here. So when you're talking about uh, it being a challenge, it's going to be a challenge. It's never going to be easy. Pete Carroll's going to have a plan in place, but the opportunities are there. Will they seize them? That's the question we're raising. You know, the interesting thing will be a week from today is Zach Banner's activation date. I would expect at some point they'll do that. Uh, Anthony McFarland in two weeks is going to be even is just as interesting to see where they go with that. But you know what? We're going to have to leave it there, Max, because we got to take it to uh, take it to the end. We've finished up, my friend. Thank you for joining us as always. Are you there? Hey. Yes. Oh, I, I, oh, oh I'm, I, I'm okay. still here. Oh, I'm still here. Okay. No, I, I thought I thought you were, I, you know, because normally you go into a longer one. So yeah, no, no, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it, and of course, I'll be I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow from good old Boston. I'll be in Boston Harbor in for Boston. some chatter. And you got to tell me all about it accent. because you're that was going a to terrible the, accent. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrible. All right, but we will be back with more. Thank you, folks, for joining us in the locker room. We'll be back with more with Max from Boston and the Kennedy. Kennedy Hyannisport area. Oh my goodness. You're living yeah. big. Yeah. RFK golf tournament back. live and in person. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, everybody.